We got the newbies up on stage. They're probably really scared, so we have to be really gentle to them. You guys sit wherever you want. So we're starting this new series tonight um, that's called uh, Stories from the Seats, where we're going to have some of our volunteers share their story about um, what God's done in their lives, which is really exciting. Because we think, you know how we just ended our last series called The Story, right? Um, so we think it's really amazing to watch what God's doing in the world and specifically in, in people's lives because we really think that there's power in what God's doing in their lives. And when I hear about that, if I can connect um, parts of my life to theirs, we think that's like a really sweet spot where God's at work in somebody's life and I can connect. Does that make sense? So that's kind of what we're going to focus on for the next three weeks, okay? Okay, so these are my friends, Nick and Kelly. I like them a lot. Aren't they cute? Yeah, they're really cute. Okay, so I first met these guys, like, uh, before Big House started last year, correct? Um, I'm going to scoot back so that everybody can see how handsome Nick is <laughs> on this side of the room. Okay, so I love I'll these guys. <laughs> I love these guys because they're really fun and they're funny. Like, within the first 15 minutes, we were laughing really hard, right? We yeah. met at Sidecar. <laughs> um, they're really fun. They're... Uh, really normal. They treat people right. Um, I was really drawn to them because I think they make a lot of like unique decisions in their life and we'll get to talking about that. But I'm really impressed with them. The more um, that I've hung out with them, I'm really glad I get to call them my friends. So they're going to talk to us tonight. So can you guys maybe tell us, let's just do where you're from and what you're doing right now. So I'm from Dyke. I lived there my whole life until I went to college, and then I went to UNI. Any people from Dyke in the room? Woo! <laughs> or New Hartford, because it was Dyke New Hartford. We like you too. New Hartford? <laughs> oh, wow, that was pathetic. <laughs> so yeah, I never really ventured out because I went to UNI, and I just love the Cedar Valley and don't see us ever moving. So um, that was that. And then I work at Morgan Myers, which is an advertising and communications firm in Waterloo. Awesome. Good, good, good. Nick, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Grundy Center. And Go Grundy! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Sorry, yeah, Nick. They do no. like you, I promise. They don't travel far, Grundy people. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I grew up in Grundy, um, graduated 2009 from high school, and went to UNI as well. Uh, finance and real estate majors there. And, so he's really smart. Um, ended up at Northwestern Mutual, which is a financial firm here in the Cedar Valley, and pretty grounded there. So Nice. Okay, good. So that's where they're from. Um, can you guys, um, let's see, tell us about yourselves in high school. I think we actually have a picture of you guys in high school, don't we? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute. Nick, your hair is so yeah. poofy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you like should 16, do that again. So Nick was like 18. That's great. Young That's great. buck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell us about where you would have been at in high school. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so in high school, or I guess just throughout my whole life, I've known who Jesus was. I've known about the Christian faith because of my mom and other really influential people in my life. And I grew up in a Catholic church. Um, Went to church every Sunday and most Wednesdays when I was in grade school, did confirmation and everything like that. Um, and I went on caravan. I went on another youth conference trip through my church too. So had some really great opportunities that I took advantage of. Um, but I would say that it was kind of like checking the box. Like, you know, I, I did all these things. I love Jesus, but I wasn't making it like my number one priority. And I complained about it a lot. I 
begged my mom to not make me go, even though she was my teacher, so that was kind of mean, but um, just, yeah, so it just wasn't my number one priority. Like, okay, it but it was be. always important. Yeah. Okay, yep. Nick, what about you? Uh, yeah, so in high school, my day-to-day -day was consumed with sports, school, I was in a player too, act deck. Um, I did a lot of different things. Maybe you could show us a little part of that later. <laughs> yeah. Aladdin. Um, I, uh, on the weekends it was mainly, I like the outdoors, camping, hunting, fishing, that sort of thing. Um, went to church, my folks, you know, they, they told us we needed to go, so we'd go every day, um, or every, every weekend. Sunday. And uh, every, day. every Wednesday up until I got confirmed, and then after that it was um, like I accomplished the task at hand, and we pretty much stopped going at that point. And uh, I Do guess. Do you think you'd like have been one of these students out here right now? Probably not. Okay, <laughs> so Nick wouldn't have. But come to uh, I, I will say that you guys um, just just growing through you and our small groups, the Dyke guys back there, and we got a couple of GR guys too. Uh, you guys are building a heck of a foundation. Just being here, if you haven't found, it takes a certain sort of maturity to find your relationship with Jesus, but once you do, you guys have a, a superb foundation to build that on, which is great. So I, I probably would not have been out there. No. But he's glad you're here. Um, okay, next. One thing that we talked about, as we kind of talked about what God had done in your life, something you said that was huge in your life was relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. um, Nick, you specifically talked about a relationship that's kind of been like pivotal um, in your faith and just in your life in general. So can you maybe tell these guys about that particular relationship. Yeah, so even stemming out into high school, there was always, whether it was sports or whatever I was involved in, there was always people I looked up to, whether it was a senior or um, a buddy of mine that was just doing really good. And in college, it was the same thing in my classes, just kind of looked up to people that were successful. And then at work, um, there's been a, a few really key guys that have young families that I look up to. And mainly for, for work reasons, very smart, ethical people that I'd like to build a practice similar to. And uh, we had a trip all the way out in Chicago, and I was riding back with one of the guys, and we were talking about the conference. And really, we kind of had a, um, a long trip, and the conversation wasn't going much further. And the guy just kind of turned and asked and said, um, you know, I, I have this feeling inside me that I, I just need to, to ask you, how's your relationship with Jesus Christ? And that was like, you know, he didn't ask me how my faith was or if I was a Christian. It was like, how was your relationship with Jesus Christ? And you and didn't that see was, that coming? No, no, I didn't. But it was, it was really, really neat. We had a great conversation the rest of the trip home. And it was, like I said, it was, it came from a guy I looked up to. I really admired and respected. And it was, it turned my heart. It was, it was a really. So that was like a pivotal thing for you. Mm -hmm. Some people. You know, they don't necessarily know when they start to follow Jesus, but that was, that was my moment, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Kelly, can you talk a little bit maybe about your and Nick relationship? As you described um, your relationship, you said that you were usually like the desire and the passion behind things that happen, be that faith or otherwise, and that Nick, what did we call Nick? The brains. The brains. <laughs> maybe a little anal at and times, maybe. And the bronze, obviously. Um, okay, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think from the beginning of our relationship, I, because I already had this faith, like, and I wanted it to grow, and I knew that it was going to grow if I dated somebody who also was a Christian. And so um, that was one of the first things that we talked about. Do you go to church? And 
I thought that was enough to be, <laughs> to, to have the strong faith. But anyway, so I knew he was Christian, so that was important to me. And um, especially like once we were both in college and we could go to church regularly together, we went to basic um, on Thursday nights together. And, and so just, it just became like one of my favorite things to do together was go to church because I just feel that I'm so blessed to have this person who loves Jesus and wants to go with me. And so that still is one of my favorite things to do together. Let me, um, I'm going to just cut you off real quick. So for us, it was, we had a, a really unique circumstance, kind of. Everybody oh, yeah. out here or some people out here might deal with that too, but we were two years apart. So right when we started dating, I went off to college and it was, you know, it was work. She had to coax me into coming back to going to church with her. And then when I was in college, she was literally on Thursday nights taking me to Big House when she was still in high basic, school. Basic. Yeah. yeah, basic. But uh, yeah. so she really was the desire behind it. And uh, yeah. she was the girl that I was after. So I guess I just followed her. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing you guys talked about with relationships is um, the impact that other people have on you. And so can you maybe talk to these guys, like, do you choose to only surround yourself with people who follow Jesus? What's, I mean, talk to me about who you hang out with. Yeah, so we, um, we have a lot of friends, a lot of different groups of friends, and we love that. Like, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we just have decided that you really are who you surround yourself with, um, so that's something to really think about. Are you surrounding yourself with positive people who you want to be like? Um, and, you know, we have friends that maybe, I wouldn't say they're not Christian, but they're not, they're not big believers. They don't make their faith a priority like we do. But it doesn't mean that we don't hang out with them. Um, it just means that when we're with them, we don't act differently than we act when we're here at church. Because um, we just want to make it a priority to be an example of Jesus no matter who we're with or where we are. So that's one of my favorite things about these guys is if you see them here, they act exactly the same as if they do hanging out with their friends out to eat or playing cards or listening to a band. Like they're just consistently the same people. I love that about you guys. Um, let's see here. We're going to talk. Okay. There's this verse um, that I thought was perfect. And you're going to find out in a little bit. These guys did not agree with me apparently. Um, so, okay. There's this verse at church a few Sundays ago and I'm like, we got to talk about that. It was obviously the Holy Spirit. Um, so this verse comes, this is uh, from John chapter 10, and we're going to talk about verse 7 through 10. But before that, I want to kind of set up what's going on before that. So Jesus is talking to this group of people, and some of them are like teachers, like Pharisees, and some of them are like people who follow him. And he's kind of like painting this picture of himself as a shepherd, okay? Do you remember we talked about this in, the, in that, the story series? So he's saying, I'm the shepherd. And uh, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And I'll send them out to pasture. And when I call them back, they'll come. And then he talks about the thieves, like false um, leaders, uh, people who come to kill and, and steal and destroy. So he's talking about like false leaders and he's talking about evil and he's talking about Satan. And so then he says these things. Therefore, um, and Jesus says again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So really listen to this. And if you were on caravan a couple years ago, you're going to recognize this next verse. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So um, I thought that this verse was awesome. And, and God really pointed us to this. Because, Nick, something that you talked about a lot was... Um, 
how there's kind of two paths that you can choose in life. And you actually said an incredible quote, and I wonder if you remember it word for word, because if you don't, I wrote it down and I can help you out. She did. She did um, yeah, so when it, that quote there, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So the, the thief really, um, how I relate it is sin. And the quote that I heard that I, I really, I think about and, you know, it enters my heart is sin promises pleasure, thrill, fun, excitement. But time and time again, it will deliver pain, destruction, loss, turmoil. So whether it's, you know, me eating three scratch cupcakes and knowing that an hour later I'm going to feel really ever sick, <laughs> or, you know, the, the things that you, you think you might be able to get away with, like looking at a neighbor's um, test and not really learning the information long term, that's, that's really going to hurt you. So there's a lot of small sins, there's a lot of big sins, which we might get to here yet today, but um, you can't. When I was in high school, it was me just trying to, I would just not do bad. I wouldn't necessarily do good. I would just stay away from everything that was bad. But you, what I've learned is, sure, don't do the bad things, but you need to be chasing after the good things. That's very, very important. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to be chasing after the good. You really do. That's awesome. Um, so basically, you're kind of saying that you have two choices. You can either like serve and pursue and worship sin. Um, and be a slave to it, or you can serve, worship, um, and pursue Jesus and let him be your master. There's really not another option. Like, you don't get to be lukewarm. It's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I will put a little caveat that none of us I are I don't even perfect. know what that word means. And uh, <laughs> we, we all, you know, we're all going to sin every single day. And uh, it's just, it's a growing and a learning experience. And Kelly and I, I mean, especially over these last couple of years, I've learned a lot. Okay, good, good, good. Um, Kelly, um, okay, here's where it comes out that I thought that this was an incredible verse for our talk. And um, so I met with them one week, and then I was supposed to meet with them the next week to kind of go over it. And I'd already shared the verse, and they both nodded and smiled and looked like they were on board. And then um, the morning before I met with you guys last, uh, I get like an email devotion, and uh, I got this verse. It came to my email, and I was like, geez, that's just awesome when God like confirms. Like he put that verse you know, in the sermon, and I, I heard it, and then he confirmed that that was the right thing that we're supposed to do, and I got the email. So I sent you a text, like, oh my gosh, look at how cool this is. I got that verse, like, confirming we're doing the right thing. And they had a secret conversation that I didn't know about that went something like... <laughs> yeah, so um, that Monday, this Monday, two days ago, um, we were on our lunch break, eating lunch together, and I was just having a breakdown about this whole talk. I'm like, I can't do it. I don't know what we're going to say. Like, I have no idea how our life re re uh, relates to this verse, but Nikki knows what she's doing, so I guess we're going with it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I literally got back to my desk at work and still was feeling really uneasy, but Nikki texted me about her devotion, and for some reason, the second time I saw the verse, it just clicked. I was like, oh, yeah, duh, this does relate. And I texted Nick, and I just said, you know, I know we said that we don't think this relates, but I think it does, actually. She's right. And I said, you know, the thief coming to kill and destroy, that talks about the trials that we've gone through and that we will go through um, in life. And and then the part about Jesus coming to give us life, it just confirms that the reasons that we're able to get through those things um, is because of our faith in Jesus. So Nikki was right. <laughs> I wasn't right. God was. I'm not that good. Um, so that was awesome, though. Like, and that's a cool thing yeah. to be able to recognize that um, 
the only reason we can get through hard things is because Jesus allows us to. So then um, we came to another verse in our time together, and that was from Proverbs 16.25. I think we can throw it up there. It says, there's a way that appears right, that appears to be right for man, but in the end it leads to death. And so as we talked, we kind of talked about... Um, who you're going to serve, whether you serve God or you serve sin. And um, I think maybe, could you guys talk about, and Kelly, you particular, talk about where you've seen um, either yourself or someone you love buy into the lies that the thief is whispering and how that's brought about um, maybe destruction? Yeah. So um, a huge thing that's happened in my life is my parents got divorced last year um, after 30 years of marriage, so that's a very uncommon thing. And... Um, just a really hard thing in my life and, and in both of our lives. And you didn't see it coming, right? Like Not it was really. kind of out of the blue. Uh, yeah. And so here we're trying to plan our wedding day, and my parents' marriage is falling apart. So that's really hard. Um, and so it just, but it taught me so much. It taught me that I am so thankful for my faith in Jesus because you don't get through stuff like that without it. Right. And without um, Nick and my family um, just getting me through it. So. One, I'm thankful for my faith. Um, two, sin is so real. It's not even funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. And it's, um, it can happen to anyone. I mean, most people would look at my family and think, wow, you guys are so perfect. And there's no perfect family. There's yeah. no perfect person. And sin is so real. Um, and so the divorce stemmed from alcohol and infidelity and um, just the last thing that I've really had to learn and I'm going through right now is forgiveness because forgiveness, you can't, or you can't hold on to a grudge. You can't hold on to a burden. And so I'm really learning forgiveness and I'm working really hard on that this year. Um, yeah. So just a couple of things on forgiveness, because I think that there's people out there that need to forgive somebody, or maybe it's yourself that you need to forgive. And I just hope that you can relate to this because I'm going through it. Um, I'm scrolling through Facebook and all of a sudden this meme pops up and it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, wow, that was for me. And it said, um, I never knew how strong I was until I had to forgive someone who wasn't sorry and accept an apology that I never received. And that's hard. Like it's really hard to ex or forgive somebody without getting a true apology or maybe they don't even know what they did. You know, they don't, they don't know what they did to you or, or how they hurt you. Um, and so that just kind of opened my eyes. Like, I still have to forgive them because Jesus forgives us, and we sin every day over and over again, but Jesus forgives us. Um, and then the second thing that I just think was a really cool God thing is uh, my mom had gotten this video. I think she does devotions like you do with her email, and it was a priest talking about um, forgiveness, and he just put it in the simplest terms, and it was like, oh, I can forgive if I can do that. And so he just said, three steps um, to forgiveness, and, and obviously it's not as easy as it sounds, but um, one, acknowledge that there's been an event, that there's something to forgive, and that seems obvious, but sometimes you have to like put your finger on it, and what is it that you're forgiving? Um, two, count precisely what that person has cost. What has that sin done to you? Has it taken time? Has it taken your emotions? Is it, you know, what is it that it's taken from you? And then the last step is just to say, you know what, I've counted the costs, and I'm not going to say that it's okay or that, um, you know, I'm not going to forget this, but I'm not going to make you pay me back for those things that you cost me. That's so. absolutely incredible, and I like how you said that um, we have to forgive because Jesus forgave us, and the yeah. truth is the world and the thief would try to convince you that you have a right to be angry, right. and, and you do, right. 
But by holding that grudge, it doesn't bring you peace or control, but it really is like a prison, is what yeah. you've talked about. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it also talked about like mercy versus justice. So like justice would say, no, they owe me all those things that I, that they cost or that they cost me. But reality is if you think about 99% of the time, like they can't actually give you back those things. You know, they can't give you back the time that they cost you or the hurt that they, they caused you. Um, but mercy is, is knowing that they owe you this, but you're forgiving their debt. And, and you really free yourself when you free them. Right, right. And how we can so. only find that freedom in mm -hmm. Jesus. That's incredible. Thank you for being so real and sharing that. Um, and I also hear you saying, and I think this uh, rings really true for a lot of us in this room, that you have to honor um, people even when they maybe don't deserve it. Like, it's hard to honor parents when they're making bad choices, or maybe we're even at a more mature place than our parents are. Yeah. But how you try to, like, and we talked about this, like how you try to still respect and honor even yeah. when you don't agree with what they're doing. Yeah. It's really tricky. Um, okay, so that's something that leads me to this. Like, one of the things that I admire most about these guys is that it seems like you trust God a lot. Um, so one of the things, this is just a small example that, like, really stuck out to me about these guys is we're talking and, and um, the first time I met, and they told me how they bought a house. They owned a house together in Waterloo, and Nick was living there, and Kelly was paying rent to live somewhere else, and that just kind of, like, jarred me. Like, I thought that was incredible, and so can you guys just talk about that one small example of maybe why you did things that way? Um, I guess for us, you know, like I said, just a year prior to that, we had really taken serious steps towards our faith and making sure that we were on the right path, and uh, reflecting on where we were where we were going and the big thing that stuck out to us is we wanted once we got married we wanted our relationship together the covenant that we made with God on that day we wanted that to be spawning a whole brand new chapter in our lives we wanted it to be completely different than um, I guess than, than what we'd had because we've been dating mm -hmm. for six years and it was that's incredible normal, they dated normal. for six years that's insane so you wanted something totally different. Yeah. Yeah, we did, yeah. That's and it's awesome. funny because, like, people will ask us now, like, you dated forever. Does it feel any different that you got married? And it, and it does. Like, we and, and I don't think we, we would have had that. We didn't know if it would, but yeah. it definitely did. When you move in together does. and you, you really start your life together. So um, I'm really glad we did it that way. And It's awesome. I just love how much you guys, how from the outside, how easy it is to see how you trust. So can we take a couple minutes to talk? Um, as we were talking... <laughs> You know, I kept kind of saying, well, how did you how did you know that was God? Or how did you um, know to make that decision? Um, so can you guys maybe talk a little bit about how you know when God wants you to do something? Or, or um, like you talk a lot about knowing right from wrong. Like how do you know those things? For me, it's, I don't know if it's a subconscious thing or it's the, the Holy Spirit that, that nudges you in a certain direction. But you typically know the right answer the right thing to do and like I said if it's subconscious or not you got to follow that nudge you really do and that's that's what we try to do right. we pray about things and, uh, and and we go essentially with the way that we feel about it inside so that's we follow awesome. our heart that's awesome um, okay there's another verse that relates to what you're talking about that we kind of found in our time together and it's from Ephesians 3 and it's verse 20 and it said, now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. 
So like when I look at the ver this verse, I think that um, God's able to do far more than we can even, like even more than our wildest dreams would be. Um, and he does that through us when his Holy Spirit comes in and that nudge that you're talking about and um, how incredible it is if we can just listen to the Holy Spirit and, and how things can turn out. So maybe, Kelly, I guess I'm wondering, like, here you were the passion behind your guys' faith, right? Yeah. For six years. Yeah. Um, and then Nick comes home from a work trip. Yeah. And you notice something was different? Yeah. I did. I, I knew that, uh, first I was like, he's really fired up about this conference. Like, what did they teach him there? <laughs> and then uh, he told me about this story, and then, like, it was just amazing. Like, I have so much respect for that coworker, and him and his wife are a huge part of our lives now, um, huge faith role models. And, um, yeah, it was just amazing to see and so gratifying to, like, know that he was on the same page as me now. And our faith has been so much stronger since then. Um, both of us. So. Well, I just think about how many prayers you probably whispered <laughs> yeah. about that kind yeah. of thing. That, <laughs> yeah. I know, it's like it took somebody else. He wouldn't listen to me, but <laughs> some random coworker. Making but, him extremely uncomfortable yeah. in the car yeah. by saying he Jesus He had him Christ. trapped for like three hours, so. <laughs> um, okay, so as we wrap up, um, is there anything that we that you guys would like to stress to high school students? I mean, you got the platform for a couple more minutes here, and look, they're all intently listening. So what would you want to say to them? The biggest thing I would say, like I said before, you guys, you really are building a very good foundation. You guys, you'll go off to college and you'll experience life and some of you guys will mature like I did and you'll actually find yourself and um, your relationship with Jesus Christ. But you're, you're really, you know, building the foundation that you're going to want to have your lives on down the road. So I commend you all for coming here. And um, the only awesome. other thing I would say is, don't necessarily just do the or avoid the bad things, mm -hmm. but actively when you can pursue good. And I would say you being here and um, being a part of small groups, especially that that's a that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and I would just say um, if there's anything that we've learned, it's that being a Christian doesn't mean that everything is easy. Um, a lot of times it makes it harder because you know that you're supposed to be doing something mm -hmm. that oftentimes is unpopular to the rest of the world, um, but but I can't imagine going through life without a faith in Jesus. So I would just really encourage you guys to just keep pursuing God and um, just trust him. Nice. Um, so I just want you guys to recognize like how much it takes to get up here and tell your story and talk about vulnerable things and talk about where you were at. So that's absolutely incredible, isn't it? Um, so we are going to say a prayer. I'm going to invite the band up. Um, and then we're just going to um, just, I think maybe we should do that now, just acknowledge them. This is a huge deal. Like, they care about you guys enough to come talk about what Jesus has done in their life. So maybe we can, like, give them a tiny little round of applause. Okay, so we're going to pray now, and I'll invite the band up. Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you, God, for who you are. Um, I thank you. God, uh, that you, above anything else tonight, just want everybody in this room to know how much you love them, God. Um, you love Nick and Kelly so much that you started um, really good works at them in their hearts um, long before they ever knew it, God. And um, you just continue to do good things in their lives. And then you give them the strength and the courage through the Holy Spirit to come up here and talk about what you have done in their lives, God. Um, so I just pray. 
um, that we could all be uh, more open to what it is that you have um, in store for us, God, um, that we can be more aware of how much you love us and what you're doing in our lives and in the lives around us, and um, that, God, we would just pursue you and not believe the lies that the thief whispers to us, God. So thank you for who you are and how much you love us, and I just beg and pray um, that you bless these two. Um, so thank you for who you are and thank you for these two, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.